0: I'm Philip Berkovitz, known as Philip B., founder and creator of Philip B. Botanical Products. And what I love about beauty is it's endless and limitless. It has no boundaries. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry.
1: Well, welcome to today's episode of beauty is your business. I am your host Jessica Quick and today I am buzzing with Philip of Philip B. Welcome Philip to the show.
0: Thanks Jessica. It's great to be here and happy holidays.
1: Happy holidays. I know our viewers can't see. We're actually on video here, but he's got a beautiful tree in the background and I keep staring at it. It's, it's absolutely stunning. So a little jealous that you're, uh, you're already ready for the holidays.
0: We really are ready for the holidays. I think every day has to be celebrated. And this really applies to all aspects of life. I love the Buddhist beliefs. And I believe if I come back as a butterfly or a caterpillar in my next life, you know that's wonderful. But in case I don't, I'm going to live this one to the fullest.
1: I absolutely love that. I think it's absolutely resonated in your brand. And I'd actually love to start there. And for our audience, take us back to the genesis of Philip B. Take us back to the early 90s. And really, how did you get started? And what did that landscape look like? Because obviously, it was very different than where we are today.
0: I hate to date myself, but I'm going to take you back to the 80s because that's really where I finished high school in the early 80s. I went into hairdressing. As a young assistant, brands would send their reps into the salon and they would say, can I speak to the salon owner? And Of course, the owner would say to me, I'm slammed. Can you just take care of it? And I'm like, sure. Being a science person myself, I was always great in science. I was like the teacher's pet. and She would say, you're going to take over the world someday. So I had great encouragement. And I was always fascinated with the science of life and the science of body and having these product reps come to me and offering me the opportunity to take courses with their brands and to really delve in and see what they're all about. What's the genesis of their brands? And shockingly, detergent water and fragrance was the norm. Minimal amounts of active ingredients was really where it was at. And when I really delved into this process, I realized that it's all about shareholders and keeping people financially happy by making very inexpensive liquid, very nice packaging and dumping money into advertising campaigns. And I thought, hairdressers, we go into hairdressing because we help people feel good about themselves. And we found out we could do it with our own two hands and our imagination and our skill. And we have this incredible skill set to make people feel good. And there's like, this point, when you're graduating high school and you have this talent inside you, and I knew I wanted you to do this, but other friends were going into investment banking. They were going to make huge money. I want to be a hairdresser. I'm going to make a living. Maybe I'll own a salon or two or 10, or, but you know, that's not the same realm as high tech. People are going into high tech, and you know, the writing was on the wall, and I said, you know, Philip, you have to make a choice here. Are you going to make a really great living and be a happy person and make people feel beautiful? Or are you going to go into a situation where you might be stuck in an office to be miserable and probably have to learn a different skill set? I thought, you know, Salmon Downstream, I need to think Salmon Downstream and make my life not necessarily easy, but more stealth and more comfortable to grow with and blossom with. Clients come to you and they say, oh my God, you're so talented. You make me look 10 years younger. But then you start realizing that the product that you're given is really, really of a subpar situation. It's, it's soap and water and fragrance. That's the norm that in the 70s, 80s, 60s. It was all about, like, I remember growing up a small child in the 70s, and they had the Brecht girls on TV. And those bright girls, that was soap and water and fragrance. That was straight SLS. We're like what we use. It It was like (laughs) dishwashing liquid for your hair. And the commercial made it glamorous. But the reality was it wasn't glamorous. And I thought, I'm working with people and people are depending on me to make them feel good about themselves and feel better about their day and take their stress away from their hectic lives and look in the mirror and just feel gorgeous. And that's a great feeling because you start producing endorphins and hormones flow and people start to exude when they feel gorgeous and they get a spring in their step. It's really like here, The default of hair is quite amazing how fast it is. Yeah, I wanted to um, create real product for real people. And I felt there was a brand coming up that began with the, uh, the letter A. And it was, everyone was just, it had a huge following. It was almost cultish. And it was everywhere, and it was picked up by a huge corporation. Eventually, it was bought out for almost a billion dollars later on. But I remember when it came out, and the rep came to me in the salon, and she's like, I want to show you this. I'm going to do a treatment on your hair and scalp. And I said, great. And I was excited to find a brand that I could bring into our salon and really get my head around and share with my clients. And she put this, at the time, it was love oil on my scalp. And she used the peppermint shampoo and cherry bark conditioner. And everything had a pleasant smell. But at the end, when she finished and she looked at me in the mirror and she goes, how do you feel? And I said, I feel exactly the same as when you started. I said, I didn't feel anything. I said, why did the peppermint shampoo not tingle my scalp? I said, why does my hair feel exactly the same as it did when you started? I said, I need to make a difference with my clients. They're coming to me and they want a difference. People want to feel something. Then that's what product was missing, was the feeling. I started asking women in my chair, and they all don't know each other. This was the best. Oh, my God. People are people. Why do you buy your product? Number one answer, I love the way it smells. Why else do you buy your product? It looks great in my bathroom. Does it do anything for you? Not really. But I just love the smell. And I'm like, wow. And I said, what if you could feel it? What if you could put it on your scalp and it would stimulate your nerve endings and wake up your brain, and like work like a cup of coffee, but in a healthy way. And everyone was like, wow, that sounds amazing. So I made it. I went home and I researched. I literally, we didn't have an internet when I started this company. I went and I bought books and I read books and I took books out of libraries about the anatomy of the human body, the details of the scalp. The Physician's Desk Reference Guide of Botanicals, the PDR of Botanicals, which is made for holistic healers. It's a thousand-page encyclopedia of botanicals that pertain to each and every profile of each and every botanical, how it interacts with the body, dosing levels, Um, really from a medical perspective, because when you think about it, Valium comes from valerian root, and medicines come from plants. And before there was a Walgreens and a CVS, let's go back a few hundred years here. There was a you and a me in a village that would heal people using local plants. So I said, we need to start looking at what's healthy for us as humans. And I realized how screwed up our diet was because I was an overweight person and I was eating a processed food diet, an American diet. And I thought, if I eat like a caveman, I bet you I would be healthy. And it's true. When you cook food, it goes from alkaline to acid and you have acids in your stomach and when you cook that food it goes acid then you eat it and you put it in your stomach and you have an acid with an acid which gives you acid reflux so i realized if you ate raw and you put it in you eat a salad and you swallow it it goes into your acidic stomach but you're eating alkaline you could actually bring your alkalinity to a healthy level all of it started to dawn on me that plants are the answers and i needed to move away from human hair keratin and human hair protein animal proteins, I should say, and start moving into plant proteins and soy protein, wheat protein, and start developing products from P-peptides. And everyone said it was 20 years ahead of my time. When I first made my Tingling Mint shampoo, I brought it to work. And my clients came to me and to get their hair done, I sat them in the chair. I didn't say anything. I said, I'm just shampooing you. I wet their hair and put it on the scalp. And I set up to it in. And they would say, um, what's on my hair and scalp? it's my new shampoo. Do you like it? Oh my God. It makes me want to dance. It's incredible. So I realized I had something that evoked feelings to people that they couldn't get from just the sense of smell.
1: Absolutely. You made it sensorial. You made it touch more of the senses, but then also like with your experience, when you had the product rep come in and do it and your hair didn't change after, I mean, your hair dramatically changes.
0: And you didn't feel anything. Right. You didn't feel a stimulation of the scalp. You need to stimulate the scalp. The scalp's a living organ. It's funny how you could take the arm to the gym and you could take your stomach to the gym and do a hundred sit-ups a day. You could do curls for your arm to build your biceps. In. But what do you do for your scalp? Soap and water and fragrance. And then as we age, our follicles shrink and miniaturize with aging as our skin loses collagen, our follicles shrink. And as our follicles shrink, the hair grows thinner. So as we age, our hair thins out. You go to a facialist, and they rub your muscles and work your muscles and stimulate the muscles in the face, and you do facial exercises in a mirror to you know to, to tighten the chin and to keep. And then, but for your scalp, it was soap and water and fragrance and a little bit of scrubbing in the morning. Like, uh. Uh-uh. it's time to really make real product for real people. Let's take that scalp to the gym and let's do it by default. I don't want there was a brand that was great, which there was one particular brand from Europe but it was so complicated to use and clients couldn't get their head around it. And I realized someone said to me, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. And I thought, oh my God, what an acronym. It's great. Developed. So that became part of my mission statement. Make it real, make it botanically charged, make it healthy, make it great and keep it simple.
1: What made you move then? You have it for your salon. You're able to use it on your clients, but what was it for you that said, I need to push this farther. I need to get out of just offering it to my clients. How did you decide to expand beyond that? And then what were some of the things that you did?
0: It really had a life of its own. The brand became so famous on its own through my clients. I had a very high profile clientele in Hollywood and they were looking for this and they didn't even know it. When I first discovered it, I used it on me and I went, wow, in my shower. And then I said to my friend who was over when I said, I want you to shampoo your hair right now. He said, what? I said, come with me. And I put it in a scalp and he, oh, my God, you're going to be a millionaire. And I said, I'm not looking to be a millionaire. I said, I'm looking to stimulate the scalp. I said, and I'm looking to make product that helps my clients with itchy scalps to clear the scalp and wake you up in the morning better than a cup of coffee situation. And this brand became so famous, so fast, it became bigger than me quite quickly. And the Vogue, Vogue Center her journalist and she, uh, Marina Rust, and she came into the story. and the story had every woman in America called me and my one telephone line at my house. It was frightening because your dream is that, wow, that people will love what you do, but you don't realize what happens when someone like Marina comes and does a beautiful story on you in Vogue. And what happened was is that I called a phone company and they said, I said, I need to have more phone lines installed. They said, what's going on over there? You're averaging 500 calls an hour. I was a one-man show shipping out of my living room, making it in my kitchen. (laughs) I had Paula Abdul in the kitchen with me filling the bottles. Paula was coming over. She was just here for Thanksgiving, telling our whole table how we go back 30 years ago filling bottles in the kitchen together. I would mix it and she would fill it and help me. We'd put the labels on together and put them in the box and ship them to Neiman Marcus. Later, it became Barney's. It was amazing how the president of Neiman's called me and said, this is the most amazing product I've ever used. I said, how did you get it? He said, your client lives next door to me in New York. And left a bag at my door and told me I had to use it. He said, I just used it and I came to work. And my secretary said, What did you do to your hair? It's so shiny. It's so beautiful. Did you color it? And he goes, No, I just used these products. Hold on. He went to his office and called me. And he goes, So I'm calling you because I want to put you in every one of my stores. And I said, Well, hold on. I said, I'm mixing it at home and I'm a one man show here. I said, How many stores do you have? He says, 27. (laughs) And I said, are you kidding me? And so we started with three. I said, give me your top three stores and let's see how it goes. Immediately, then Dale Crichton called me. She was running Nordstrom, And she called me. She got my number through someone too. And she called me out of the blue. I had to pull over. I was in the car. And she called me. It was early 90s. I had a car phone the size of a suitcase. And all of a sudden, my phone rings in the car, and I was driving up Doheny on the way to the salon, and I answered it. And she goes, Philip B., this is Dale Crang from Nordstrom. And I knew who she was. She was the president of Nordstrom. And I said, can you hold on one second? And I pulled over, and I put the phone down, and I said, breathe, just breathe. And I took the phone call, and she i want to put you in all my doors. And I'm like, I can't do that. I don't have the finances to do it. I made a game plan, do a lot of highlights, do a lot of highlights, with colors where the money is, and... And I did a lot of highlights. Clients liked what I did. I did 10 clients a day that gave me enough money to buy bottles one day, to buy the botanicals the next, buy the raw materials, the cleansers, everything I needed to put in the bases. And then eventually I found a chemist, a friend in fragrance who I knew, and he gave me the name of a chemist who came from Gillette. And she was from my hometown of Boston. And she really, really felt for me. And she wanted to help me. And she said, what you're creating is a hybrid that has never been done before. She said, you have to re-educate the world. And this is a lot for you as one man. And I said, how do you mean? She said, Philip, you're using active levels of botanicals. This has never been done. She said, when you use them on the human body, you need to give them three to five minutes to sit. You need to let people know this is not soap and water anymore where you just rinse it, lather it up and rinse it down the drain. These are active formulas. Give them three to five minutes to work. There's a bit of a learning curve when you use my brand. It's not what you know anymore. Vogue said to me in my first call with them, they said, how do we describe you? And I thought, in a world of polyester, I'm giving you cashmere. I said, imagine you live in a world and all we have is plastic clothing, polyester. And I threw a cashmere sweater on your lap. And you grabbed it and you felt it and you caressed it. And you said, wow, life changed. Life will change for you when that happens.
1: Yeah, well, and then I was thinking, because then if you're only used to your polyester, then how do you care for your cashmere? How do you take care of it? How it all changes. The behavior has to change, which is what you were doing with your hair care brand.
0: I also understand that cashmere is here, And so because it's here, you have to treat it differently than plastic, which is polyester. And so I found that I made products that actually make cashmere come back to life, that actually swell the hairs back up. With lipids and, and allow them to, to absorb the lipids back in instead of sitting on them and, and bring back the suppleness and, and the silkiness to the hairs that make up the cashmere. And because hair is hair and it's keratinized protein and it's a dead byproduct of the body and it gets what you give it. And you can't repair it, but you can make it better. You can quantum leap the shine, the silkiness, the bounce, everything about it. You can really, really change it all and instantly it's a dead byproduct. Think of it like shoes. Leather's keratinized protein. You have your favorite pair of shoes. You take them out of the box. You're in love with them. You just bought them. You put them on. You run around with them all day. You come home. You take them off. You clean them off. You put them in their shoe bags and you put them back. But you love them so much you want to wear them the next day. So you put them on again, hope you run into a different bunch of people that didn't see you the day before. <laughs> and then, the more you wear them, the more they wear. And then eventually those shoes become tired looking. The leather gets its creases, it gets scuffs, it starts, the colors start to fade. So you take it to the shoe person and the shoe person at the mall or, or wherever, at the market, wherever their kiosk is, and you give it to them. And they give you back the shoes looking new and fresh again. Usually when you have a leather hide that's higher because leather is keratinized protein, they take an oil, usually a mink oil or an oil with pigment, and they put that on and then they allow it to soak in. And then they take a brush and they brush it. And as you brush, think of it, the bristles of a hairbrush are the same as the bristles of a shoe brush. Think about that one. The only thing is with a hairbrush, you can put nylon pins in it to give it more grip because floor bristles are soft. They're very soft and silky and they'll collapse. And when you put them through a section of hair, they tend to collapse down. So you put bristle, uh, nylon bristles in nylon pins into it to give it, to guide it, to work like a guide to allow the natural bristles to reach through the hair and buff the cuticle of the hair. And by buffing, what you're doing is you're moving the molecules and you're creating friction, which is creating heat. And by moving that and moving the oils in the hair, you're actually buffing the surface of the hair, much like you would in your car when you're buffing your car. Or with your shoes, when you take the shoe brush and you go back and forth on the polish in a very fast motion, you're actually heating the polish and allowing it to soak into the hide. And then you're taking a soft cloth and then you're buffing it back and forth. And that's also creating additional heat, allowing the polish to soften and soak into the hide, which is swelling up the shoe hide, allowing the hide of the shoe or the purse or whatever you're doing. Or for instance, my leather satchel from Prada that I love that's been with me for 20 years and that I have to keep on restoring every few years because it looks like hell. You give it love, you get love. You give it nothing, you get nothing. So it's understanding the science of restoration. Here is keratinized protein and so is leather. And it's interesting how the, the tools and the processes are very similar.
1: So I'm really curious and want to pivot a little bit back to you get all these amazing CEOs and presidents calling you asking for product, which in today's world would be like your product going viral through social or through a celebrity clientele or something. So
0: this was before social media. For sure. And royal families. Oh, yeah. And Rolling Stones and the Rolling Stones. And everyone was calling for product to take on tour. And do you want to come with us? Is this really you? Yeah, it's me. Really? Do you want to come with us? Well, I have to work. Right? <laughs> I, I need ended to get- up on tour with the Stones. I did end up on tour with them. Oh, my goodness. Um, This brand made friends for me all over the world. And it's funny when I meet people, they go, I can't believe I'm meeting you. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe I'm meeting you. Whether it's Sharon Stone or Robert Redford or Nicole Kidman or Paula, they all met everyone through making my brand. And they all fell in love with me through my brand. And they felt because they saw my name in their face every morning in the shower, they knew me. The product touches you. I made things that touch you, whether it's whether it's my stimulating scalp oil for hair loss that heats your scalp and you actually feel it get hot, it zips up and then cools down. It's a whole process. And yeah, and I use a plant metabolizing agent that is used in, in the synthesis of sunlight with plants to uh, has a chemical reaction with the nerve endings of the skin to create heat. It's a lot of plant science out there. And you need to invest. And I, I, I invested in that. And you know why? Because I didn't do advertising. I wanted word of mouth. My mission statement was word of mouth, the gift of good health. Make something that really makes a difference like the like most nutritious food for your body from the exterior a topical point of view. And I wanted to create real product for real people because it was never done before in a world of nothing mediocre, looked awesome and i brought amazing.
1: So how did you scale? It is true. I mean you just it went so quickly. What were you able to do to suddenly start meeting the demands of these bigger companies, of the clientele that you had, and then, of course, the people that followed them and so on. How did you scale?
0: Well, I was on the road all the time. I was constantly traveling. I identified my skill set and realized where my deficits were. And I found people through work that had the skill sets that I needed. And somehow, with the grace of God, as a non-religious person, but someone who believes in a higher power, somehow the universe gave me what I needed my team is amazing now. And my CEO is amazing. She was my buyer at Barney's in 1994. She brought me in. We had a runaway hit. We had such a great connection. She went on to run other cosmetic companies all over the world. I dreamed of having her as my CEO. for 20 years, I begged her. And then the day came when she got sick of being in corporate life and wanted to take a change and rose to this challenge. And then shortly after that, COVID hit, and I had gone through a very similar situation in 2001 in Hong Kong with SARS. My buyer in Hong Kong called me because I opened in 1999. And she called me and she said, Philip, I need an emergency order. And I said, why? What's going on? She said, everyone's locked in their apartments. Stores are closed. Schools are closed. Everything's closed. She said, we're open because we're supplying the people with what they need. But for the most part, the city is locked down and people are stuck in their apartments and they're all trying to wash away an invisible virus and they need the best soap in the world. And that's you, honey. And can you get me an emergency order? And I said, sure. So we started shipping huge pallets over to Hong Kong. So when COVID hit, my CEO called me and she's like, I'm really worried about where this is going. Should we cut production? And I said, absolutely not. When the world's sick, they need healing product. Let's ramp up. And we did. We scaled huge during lockdown globally.
1: That's what we saw too with the data that was coming in with my clients that I work with. It was absolutely luxury skincare and hair care absolutely blossomed. And a lot of it had to do with you couldn't go see your professional. You couldn't go and get your treatments and hair appointments. You couldn't get your skin appointments. And so you did the next best thing, which was invested in a really great line to have at home. And if you hadn't already done it, then now is the time. And we just saw that boom in brands like Philip B. and others that people really got an opportunity now to try.
0: Think about it. There was no more running out buying new cars or fancy coats or fancy clothes or even pigment, like lipstick, really? You're wearing a mask. Makeup, like you're not even leaving your house. What happened in 2001 in Hong Kong was pigment died. The makeup brands, she said, my makeup brands are dead. She said, you are in high demand. And people are trying to wash away an invisible virus. And they need cleansers and soaps that aren't going to dry up their skin, that's going to nurture them and comfort them and make them feel healthier. And I said, that's me. I always grow when there's a time of need. Growth is slower when the world is going along. (laughs) along. But when the chips are down and everyone needs it, here I am. They come to me and I really love that people recognize the quality that I do because I set out to do this. I set out to raise the bar. When I started this company, my manufacturer, who manufactured for L'Oreal and other brands, he's a subcontract packager. When I met him, he said to me, kid, you're going to go out of business. And I said, why? And he goes, no one makes formulas this expensive. He said, These are very expensive, he said to me. No one makes this. No one. And I said, the world's waiting for me. My clients are waiting for it. I said, the world's waiting for it, and you'll see. I have to tell you, I launched Bergdorf Goodman and sold out in three days. All SKUs, I called this manufacturer and I said, it's me, the kid you told I was going to go out of business. I'm sold out. Can you do another run for me? And he goes, who the hell are you, kid? He goes, people like you come to me every day with these crazy ideas. And I never see him again. He said, you keep coming back. And I kept coming back. And then eventually he worked for me.
1: Oh my goodness. I would love to know from your experience and perspective, what are some of the pieces of advice that you would give beauty founders starting out now, people that want to start their own product lines? What are some of those bits and pieces that you've learned over the years and what would you advise them?
0: Okay. In my own soul searching, revelations, do I want to make more of the same? No. Do I want to change the world? Yes. How do I want to change the world? Well, in my case, I wanted to make product for my clients who not only had split ends and an oily scalp, number one, story that hairdressers hear from clients when they come in, I have an oily scalp and split ends or dry ends. You know, that's numero uno. I can tell you why that happens. For the clients who sit in your chair and scratch their scalp all night because they have psoriasis or dandruff and they can't get a good night's sleep. And it doesn't matter who you are. You can have the same problem as anyone in this world, whether you're rich or poor, or famous or not famous, or, or royal or not. People are people, and we all share the same issues. And some have more of the issues than others. These clients become our family. As hair stylists and hairdressers and colorists, we develop. Friendships and Affinities and Relationships, where we spend holidays with our clients and they become our friends when they have fingernail marks and dried blood on their scalp when they come in. And you say, what happened? I itch all night, I itch all day, I itch in my sleep, I scratch my head in my sleep. And clients would say, I can't wear a black dress. I'm so self-conscious. My scalp's flaking all over me all the time. So I started making um, products that were anti-inflammatory, antifungal, antibacterial, and antiseptic The formulas, taking botanicals juniper and sage and tea tree. And then of course, understanding dosing levels. You can't put too much on the human skin because it will upset the immune system. And when you do that, then the immune system is now expending its energy to heal the irritation that you have caused. So you need to hit it with a low enough and the correct enough dose to work in tandem with the immune system. And then of course, adding calendula and chamomile and aloe vera and to anti-inflammatory soothing. And then Looking at the everyday medicines that we're using of coal tar and zinc that work to retard the turnover of cells or disinfect and pack cells back down to give a normal appearance. And then working on working again, understanding dosing levels and combining ingredients to make active formulas that are multi-pronged. These TV commercials, when you watch something on TV, it tends to be the lowest common denominator. They spend their money on advertising and usually the, the supermodel or the actress the product tends to be a very low quality. You always think about it when you watch TV. How many of the high, high-end brands advertise? Right. Like none?
1: They don't have the money. The money's all in the formula.
0: The money's in the formula. The money's in the fa- in the fabric. It's not about advertising it because people will tell people. I was so proud to go on the back end of my website. And when I started, I put in hard to hear about me. And it was um, my mother, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my sister, my cousin. It was family telling family, hey, I found something great. You got to try it. This to me was like jackpot on a slot machine in Vegas. I was so happy. That feeling that you feel when you hit the jackpot, that was my feeling when I saw family telling family about me. It was awesome.
1: The elation, the elation of the word of mouth and the community and the connectedness. And the sense of
0: belief and confidence in who you are.
1: It's been such a pleasure to really dive into this with you and to really understand you even better and what made you tick. And now when you look at Philip B, so much about it actually clicks as well. And I just want to thank you so much for the time today. If our audience does want to reach out or get in touch with you, is there a way they can do that?
0: Yeah. Um, Instagram, Philip B with one L-P-H-I-L-I-P-B send a message and my team will get it to me. And I do answer quite a few messages on a daily basis. So I put myself out there.
1: I wish you the absolute best. I absolutely adore this product line. I think you've built something amazing and, and even more importantly, have remained important and at top of mind for over 30 years. I think that in itself, we could spend a whole episode just talking about what that looks like, but Philip, thank you so much for your time. I wish you the best of success and hopefully a follow-up conversation soon.
0: Thanks, Jessica.
1: Well, thank you, everyone, for listening today. If you want to continue to buzz with me, head on over to buzzbeauty.com.
0: This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.